What's up and welcome back to a very special kind of funny games cast with me, Tim Geddes, and the one and only game over Greg, Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm doing good. This reminds me of the early days. I might be conflating separate events into one. Okay. But I remember a time in our early days, uh, year one of kind of funny, which at this point is almost a decade ago, uh, where me and you had to do a games cast and we turned it into a little wine date. You remember this? I don't remember the wine part of it. Yeah, we 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 decided that it's one on one. Like, let's have a little date, and so we had we had wine and crackers. What the fuck? Where's the wine? I I don't know. That's a good question. That when is, you go when you go to the rigmarole, I'm gonna go get that bread and butter bottle of Pinot Noir. It's been out there forever. Oh yeah, yeah. God, you, sure you, gotta, you gotta prep me if that's uh, yeah. You don't remember this though. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I don't want that to take away from the moment. Yes. All right. I okay. want you to know it was you know special what? for me in the moment. It's just. When you've done this this long. Hey, I didn't think about it. I mean, it it was out of my mind until I I was thinking today. I was like, oh, the two of us doing a Gamescast, why does this feel special? Like, why is this a big deal? Anytime we get to do a one-on-one Gamescast, I appreciate that. It's good. Because it doesn't happen. And it is that idea that, like, I do, I am excited for this episode, period, full stop, because it's a one-on-one. I was excited recently. I got to do one-on-one with Janet as well Mm. uh, for Peace I Love You that we drank beer on and had a fun time. And it was like, it had a different vibe. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, I'm with you that this rarely ever happens as a Gamescast. It's rare that I feel I'm not at the wheel of a show when it's a one-on-one show, you know, because you can be like, oh, well, Games Daily. And it's like, that's a different thing, right? Like, than what this is going to be. I guess that's what it is, because I do Games Daily with you all the time. Yeah. And that's one-on-one. That's fun. But it has a different vibe. This is a bit more free form, whatever, free form, whatever we want to talk about. And what we want to talk about today is what y'all want to talk about. Y'all wrote in with some amazing questions. This might be the best run of uh, reader mail that we've ever had. Like, I'm looking through this. I'm like, yo, this is going to be a banger episode. I feel it in my core, Greg. Yeah. Gonna be good. Okay. And I hope that you feel it too out there. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com, we love and appreciate you so very much. But if watching's not your thing, you can listen to search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast, and we'll be right there for you. If you want to go above and beyond, patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to go, uh, where you can get the show ad free and you can watch it live as we record it, just like our Patreon producer Delaney Twining gets to do. We appreciate you so very, very much. And because of your support, you get so much bonus content out there. The episodes are kind of feudy, the remember blanks, the Gregways, so much great stuff. And you also get the show ad free so you won't have to hear the ad for shady rays that everyone else will have to listen to later um but it's been a good time here kind of funny we've been putting out a lot of really good stuff uh summer game fest is starting to come to a close so uh it's it's nice now to just kind of be able to deal with the announcements being over for the most part and move forward a little bit more into uh the future of the the second half of the year of games really the second half of the year started seven days ago greg now scary to think about I don't give a shit about what you're talking about. Oh my God. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. You, when you open wine uh-huh. and they got the top on, oh, how yeah. do you open this? You, uh, cut the, you could do the thing where you cut with a little blade around and pop the top off. Oh, is that? Is it, yeah, so it's a screw top? No, no. It's a, no it's this a is a wine world? bottle with a cork in it. But oh, it's got I the just paper. straight up. I don't even deal with any of that stuff. What do you, you just? Oh, you oh I don't do that. I just put the thing you straight in. and. Whoa. What'd you just do? You can pull them off. Um, we were watching one of the fantastic movies in the before trilogy. Yeah. And this happened and like literally like you understand how much my wife's French Canadian. You know how much wine she drinks. Yeah. We paused the movie and went upstairs and grabbed a bottle of wine. We're like, that, there's no way, right? And ever since then we do it and it's just a mind boggling thing that you can just pull you the paper pull off. Pull the thing off. Just pull it straight off. What? I've been cutting through it my entire life. She's been cutting through yeah. it her entire life. You can just do that. I, 
That is fantastic. I know, also love that. Like, I don't even, what's the source of this bottle? Oh, who knows? Yeah, it's here. <laughs> I want to say if, if I'm a betting man, mm-hmm. and I, I'm prob- I might get the event wrong, but I think it might be a leftover bottle of wine from the studio launch. Wow. Because you know what will happen is Joey will go out and she'll get a bunch of wine because she knows there's, she wants wine. She yeah. knows Andrew Renee's in mm-hmm. town, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And then we just have wine sitting around if we don't get to it. Yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Yeah. What's the? The bouquet. The bouquet. It's pungent. Yeah. It's berryful, you know? Love this. Love this. This is going to be a good show, everybody. And I want to get right into the show, Greg, because we have a lot of questions. I want to get to as many of them as we possibly can. Okay, cheers to our date. Cheers to our little wine date. Part one. Part one. Of a wine date. We have, we have a, a dinner date Can't tonight. get too drunk because we're going on a real date with the girls <laughs> yeah, later exactly. tonight. Yeah. That's Brett. Brett not not my butter. favorite, but not bad. Not bad. Um, let's, At least it isn't acidic. Yeah. It's a little sweet in the front of the palate, mm-hmm. but it's mellow, which I appreciate. Mm, yeah. Um, let's start with, uh, I tried grouping some of these questions in, into to fun little categories. Okay. There. So we're going to start with your favorite, Greg Miller. Fighting games. Oh, good. Okay. Perfect. Uh, it's going to be a great episode, everybody. Geo writes in. Geo Corsi? Uh, just Geo. Okay. What would it take for you to play the Mortal Kombat 1 story? Ba-da-da-da. Greg Miller? Yes. Uh, I mean, I legitimately don't know what they could possibly do. Okay. Because okay. I just, you know, because this goes back to Injustice, mm-hmm. right? Where it's a tie story, but for Injustice 1, I was like, I got to see this story because so, I like the comic books. Played through it, and then it would be that thing where eventually when the game got to where it was too hard, I would just put it down and let it beat me twice, and the third time it would just stand there and let you beat it to death. Yeah. And so then when Injustice 2 came out, I was like, oh, God, I guess I'll do this again. And I did the th- like three or four fights, and I was just like, I don't want to do this. I don't care enough to do this, and I stopped and never came yeah. back. Injustice 2, man. It's- and that's superheroes. I know. That's yeah. my superheroes. So question number two yeah. comes from Kevin. What character would have you play a fighting game? Like a Ghostbuster in Street Fighter 6 or Dominic Toretto in Tekken 8? What I like that for you and me. That's how they knew. For me personally, like there's, it just wouldn't work. Like it just, it wouldn't work. They there's did the whole nothing. game for you. They, with did, Injustice, they did the right? entire game with Injustice. I think Injustice might have found more success with me if there wasn't just an amazing comic from Tom Taylor. Because mm-hmm. I felt the comic did enough where I know, I know the story from the comic, right? So I didn't need to go. Th- and it went so much further both before and after with the comic, right? So there was no reason for me to do it. Uh, to play through, to feel like I needed to get into that world and do all those things and stick around with it. And then just to drop a character in, it would be the same thing of whenever you take a character I love that way and drop them into those kind of games, then immediately it's like, well, would they really do this? It's the same thing of like why in Fortnite I had to stop buying skins. Because mm. no matter what I bought or no matter what I earned, whether it be Superman, whether it be a Ghostbuster, whether it be Daredevil, whether it be Batman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I'm only ever using Captain America and Kratos. And my thought, and really, I'm only ever using Cap. Cap's my main. That's what I wear. And it's because I need the head cannon of, all right, well, Cap would use an AK. He's running around using an AK. That makes sense <laughs> to me. Yeah. It looks stupid that Superman's running around with an AK mm-hmm. and he's not flying and he's, he maybe doesn't have a cape on because he has different back bling. Like, I'm the guy, you know, that like growing up, while I would get the occasional variant, any toy I bought, I wanted just the straight up basic Superman, Batman, whoever. I don't need it to be. Deep freeze underwater, whoever. You know I mean? Like, I hate that shit. I want it to look like the movie or the comic mm-hmm. that I'm replicating what it is. And so for me, like, just putting a character I love in a game isn't enough. I think of, you know, Jetpack Joyride, uh, you know, from Half Brick, of oh, course, yeah. old school. I love it. Uh, IGN and Kind of Funny Friends, Half Brick uh, as a studio, right? I'm not even sure if hey, we know anybody there anymore because I think they've all moved on. Uh, but when Jetpack Joyride did its Ghostbusters, like, crossover, it was like, oh, cool. And I was like, yeah, I really don't feel like going back for this and doing all this stuff. And it's come around a few times and I always think about it. I just don't do it. Like 
I am lucky enough that in my life, I have so many passions that other people were passionate about and have gone and made them become pop culture. Yeah. It's not like it used to be where it was like, totally. fuck, Subway, and this is a real story, Subway is doing Justice League merch or whatever for their, dad, I need you to take me to Subway and I need to get doubles of everything because it was like, this shit might never happen again. You know what I mean? Total justice action figures. I'm going to buy two. I'm going to keep one mint on card because holy shit. They're... And now it's that thing of just like, you can't throw a rock and not hit a superhero, a Ghostbuster or whatever. And that's amazing. And that's awesome. And I'm so happy to be here. Wrestling. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. For wrestling, a completely different story, right? Of like, there's just no reason. There's no, It's so hard to motivate me to play something that I wouldn't want to already be playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can't drop Pete Venkman and Genshin Impact and me be like, well, I got to go fucking play Genshin Impact now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to play the Mortal Kombat 1 story. Yeah. I've What NetherRealm's done out there is, like, honestly, I think some of the most impressive shit, period, in video games. Like, to upgrade what a fighting game story can be to that level is just such an accomplishment. And I'm not taking away from it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And hey, everything's different for different people. Like, whatever. But, like, I for wish me, I enjoyed the moment to moment gameplay of a fighting game to be like, this is what I want to go do. And, and I love it because I've, I've always been a fan of the old school arcade mode. You just go through, maybe get a couple cut scenes or even just still images explaining yeah. a nonsensical story, days. like all that type of stuff, right? Like, I'm a big fan of that. I always have been. But games have progressed so much that that's not really, like, that in enticing so street fighter 6 came out i played through chun li she's always been my main got that stuff very excited i did it excited it's still there but i wish that there was a nether realm-esque story going on in terms of presentation gameplay all of it uh on street fighter and i can't wait for mortal kombat to do it because the just there's so much fun to be had there's so much hype to be had but it also gets you playing as different characters like i love the way that it, there is one narrative you don't get to choose someone and go through it's like you're kind of switching between people, but it, there's still choice. Like you still get to normally like choose between two or three different characters going into each uh, mission or chapter with the yeah. cutscenes in between. And the cutscenes, because there's an actual narrative that's just one narrative. It's not, and it's like a canon narrative to it. And it's not like, what if Chun Li wins? What if uh, Ryu wins? What if whatever wins? It's like, you know, way more just like here's the story of Mortal Kombat One. I can't wait, especially with how bonkers it's been the last couple games. So, and I appreciate the whole timeline folding in on itself and all the other so stuff fun. they've done with it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, my example of it would go because uh, again, we talk about fighting games, and this isn't a fighting game, but it kind of is. But it also speaks to what we're doing. Of like, I still can't force myself to finish the showcases in WWE games because mm. I love the interviews mm-hmm. to the footage to your playing and then out of the thing and. How, but I can't stand in games, especially WWE games, but I think it'll apply to a fighting game too, when it is, do this specific thing, do this specific thing, bounce off of this thing and make this happen, reverse one. And it's like, I hate that kind of shit because for me, I, I, in those kind of games, I want to step in the ring and it's what I want to do what I want to do. Mm. It's my thing to make happen. And so that's why like, I still have never finished Ray's. I never finished John's. Like, I just yeah. haven't gone through to do them because at some point, it becomes the push and pull and I'm always so cognizant of how much time I'm spending on something I'm not enjoying. Yeah. Which is always funny because I am the trophy whore guy, right? Who'll yeah. sit there for 30 minutes and totally. play a not great game. But the popping of the trophies is enjoyable. And again, yeah. whatever I'm doing in the game is enjoyable enough, even if it's just for a joke, even if it's just going to be to continue my horrible reputation online mm-hmm. versus going in and being like, all right, well, I got to do this fucking match and I hate this one thing and he reverses the wrong way every time. Uh, I could turn the difficulty down, but then it's just brain dead. What am I doing then? Why yeah. am I forcing myself to do this? Yeah, man, it's, 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 I get Totally get what you're saying there. The um, second question of what character would get you to play a fighting game? I feel like those days are over for me. Like, yeah. I feel like um, 
I, I know it's the most trite answer in the world, but Soul Calibur 2 with Link, right? Sure. And each of the Yoda. systems having their own. Oh, that, that was uh, Soul Calibur. Darth Vader. Five, was that the I same one? Say. Same thing? I think that was four. Gotcha. Four or five, whatever. I mean, I just shouted different answers th- out during uh, uh, Remember Blank. Yeah, I exactly. I think one Yoda, one of them was four, one of them was five. But um, two was special because PlayStation, GameCube, and Xbox all had exclusive characters. So um, Link on GameCube. Uh, Spawn on Xbox, which yeah, was always weird. Yeah. And then Heiachi from Tekken on the PlayStation side. Um, and play, uh, Soul Calibur and Tekken have always kind of had his- history anyway. There's a character, Yoshimitsu, that's in both games, uh, which is cool. Yeah. But um, Soul Calibur 2, I thought, was very, very important and special for fighting games because uh, Soul Calibur 1 was so highly reviewed. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but Soul Calibur 1 was one of those like 10 out of 10 games mm. at a time that. Not we weren't getting tens every left and right. Like, sure, it feels sure. like we are these days. Like I remember, in my mind, knowing every single ten that a video game magazine had ever given because it was like there wasn't that many. Yeah, it was them. a handful. Yeah. And even if I haven't played those games, that put them on a level of, of like, course. I'm I'm missing out, and I was missing out on Soul Calibur because I never played it in arcades and I didn't have a Dreamcast. So Soul Calibur Two, I think, was not only an important moment for fighting games having like crossover characters and things like that. Plus the exclusivity thing, making it a little extra fun. Nintendo playing nice, giving Link of all people. Like, so right. cool. Um, but so many people knew Soul Calibur 1 was the shit. So going into 2, it was kind of this exciting big moment. Um, and I feel like that is like a perfect storm that they've all been chasing since then. And it hasn't actually like sure. culminated in anything. And I feel like... Well, PlayStation to... All-Stars Battle Royale when Isaac Clark showed up. Oh, well, but that's different. Smash Brothers type things like where it's like... Or Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that are true crossover events, I think, um, are special for their own sense. But like the Ninja Turtles showing up in uh, uh, Injustice, I think it was. Like things like that. Super cool. But at this point, it's kind of just expected. It's like... Sure. I'm more shocked at who isn't in Fortnite than who is at this point. Of course, yeah. And I think that in the crossover world we live in, like... For the memes, yes, I want to play as Dominic Toretto in any game. But, like, I don't think there's a character that I'm like, I'm going to play a fighting game I wouldn't have played otherwise because of characters in it at this point in time. I forget. When that Fast and the Furious game came out that was no good, Crossroads? did you beat it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, I, I can't remember. I beat the hell out of it, Greg. Yeah. Was this, that canon? Is that canon? Uh, it is canon. And I, I need to say this. Spoilers for did Fast and Furious it Crossroads. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. They, well, they don't reference it in the, in the movies and stuff. But, like, my favorite bit of it, and this is the most, like, only I give a shit about this thing. About a third through the game, uh, you you get a new car. And it's, like, a question of, like, where'd you get this car or whatever. It's revealed that it's the car that at the end of Too Fast, Too Furious, they sure. drove off the dock into the water. Okay. It was retrieved from the water and remade to be a, a fancy-looking new car. Fantastic. And I that's love your that. car. I love that. And I'm just, like, that is the type of dumb lore that I appreciate. That, you know, Vin Diesel cares, man. The mythology yeah. of the fast song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know? of course. Horrible game, though. Really, yeah. really, really bad game. Should have been fun. Should have been. It wasn't, Sucks, though. Man. Um, story number, or question number two it's, here. It's, it's hard, hard right? It, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. game daily setup. It yeah. feels like uh, Grant Hetherington says, what's your favorite game that received bad to middling reviews? In recent time. Let's, let's do a recent time, because I feel like we've talked a lot about, like, that over, over the years. Sure. Oh, man. You know what jumps off the page to me would be Avengers. 
Um, obviously, you know how much I loved Avengers, but even that's, I think, a, a loaded one, right? Where the reviews, I remember actually being stunned that they were so positive. They, yeah. was, I think, I want to say at the time, uh, you could Google, but Metacritic was like an eight. It was yeah. like something like that, yeah, where it was getting so. a lot of eights based solely on the story. And then a lot of like, we'll see how the end game and see how this games as a service shit goes on later. Uh, but you, you all know the story, of course, that I really dug the gameplay. I had a great crew with it, and we played the shit out of Avengers. We played the wheels off of Avengers, you know, for all its warts and all its things. And so, it was always hard when people just wanted to make it a punchline because there's plenty of reasons to to make fun of it and stuff like that. But there was something there. There was something really enjoyable there if you wanted to get into it. And by no means was it as bad as like a Superman 64 or anything else. If anything, it's you know it was a middling, middle of the road. There's millions of other things to play to get XP and do this. But being sometimes a- disappointment's worse than bad. And I think yeah. that Avengers yeah. is a great example. That's a great of example that. of it, right? And so yeah, it was that you know thing of even right now as i look down the line and we talk about superhero games here a lot because of course i'm the superhero guy but as i look at your gotham knights and i look at suicide squad it's like damn i i give both of these up to have avengers continue and have more content and do its thing right because again like at least in avengers i was being an avenger and i know you can counter argue they look like they were wearing spirit halloween costumes it was fun to be Captain America. It felt good to be Captain America. The Civil War suit looks great. You know what I mean? There was a whole bunch of stuff they put in there that worked really well for it. Um, whereas, like, I don't want to be in Gotham Knights, this whiny Robin. I, in Suicide Squad, I don't want to be the Suicide Squad. I want to be fucking Superman. I don't want to kill Superman. I want to be Gabe Logan, I guess. I want to be Gabe Logan. Yeah. What about you? I mean, my answer is another similar one that everyone's heard this a lot, including you. Um, and it's a similar thing to Avengers that it's not necessarily the reviews were bad. It's more the public reviews and the sure. reception of it. But it's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Like, I oh, think interesting. often about how many problems the game has. And they're plentiful. I was even talking today on Games Daily about yeah, the terror the rates, which are essentially the only existing reason to go back to the game at this point. Um, are horrible like they're some of the worst implemented things i've ever seen in a video game and it's because it, they, the feature doesn't work and that sucks a lot of that's true about uh scarlet and violet the patches they've done all the stuff the updates like it helps but like it, it does not fix um having said all that it's like when i really we did the there was that gq top 100 favorite games of all time yep. list that Bless and I broke down on shit list and um you know we there's always the conversation about best games of all time versus favorite games of all time like all of that and being honest to myself thinking for somebody that loves pokemon as much as i do like i am bummed out that scarlet and violet are some of the best pokemon games with so many warts and shit and because of that they'll never be talked about as some of the best pokemon games gotcha who cares at the end of the day i don't know but it bums me out like because like it there's so much there where i'm like in so many ways this is my dream pokemon game it's also my nightmare in some ways but it, there's still so much good there. There's still so think much this more is Pokemon there. Teeing up the franchise, though, to have the next one or the third one from now be the one where it's like it's got all the stuff you loved and the tech problems were fixed. I mean, and whatever. unfortunately, it feels like they're only going further and further down the path of that not being the future. Of yeah. The future being more iterative and a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, like the tech not hitting. Like there's just too many factors at play with pokemon when it comes to the cadence they have to come out to support the cards and the toys and the games and the tv shows and everything at once from a marketing perspective for them to keep going and working yeah um that i don't think that that'll ever happen which is which is a bummer but um uh, there's just so much damn good in those games and i'm still playing it man that's crazy what's your hour clock on it uh probably like 120 or something like that um can't wait for the dlc but i also i i'm so scared 
I'm not even scared. I'm preparing for the reality of these DLCs coming out, having not fixed any of the technical problems. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. And, right and it's gonna suck, man. Like people are just gonna like hate on it for good reason. Sure. It just sucks for me who like I really just want these to be good. Sure, you want to champion them. You yeah. want them to be the thing. Because there's want. so much good there. There's so it's wrapped in, in in like honestly dog shit. Like it's <laughs> it's really bad. Um now, keeping in line with Nintendo here a little bit, uh, Fluffy Cloud Gamer says, what's the launch lineup for the next Switch slash Nintendo console? And George writes in saying, Tears of the Kingdom seems to be the Switch's swan song game. What do you think the system seller game will be for the Switch's successor? So those could be the same answer, or it could be different. You look at, I mean, let's look at Switch, right? Let's look at the Switch, everybody. 2017, Breath of the Wild launches. To this day, I would say the standout on um on the switch console right a couple mega winners in terms of sales especially with look at animal crossing you look at any of the pokemon mario odyssey like doing great mario kart obviously not even a new one uh absolutely dominating tears of the kingdom we'll see we don't know the final sales numbers we don't know where where it ends up if it's going to eclipse breath of the wild i expect that it will it will when all said and done take it to the bank everybody it will um and that makes sense yeah like just the like the the overwhelmingly positive reviews um anybody that bought breath of the wild is going to want uh tears the kingdom to some extent um more switches out there all of that right it's one of those like just to talk about like i think how crazy it is out there for fucking tears of the kingdom uh jerica of course from jk games podcast uh, she was on Games Daily uh, a couple weeks ago. She put up a tweet today that was she was out in the wild, saw a guy playing Switch. Did you see this? Mm-mm. Saw a guy playing Switch, walked over, and of course he's playing Tears of the Kingdom. Struck up a conversation that was basically like, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, what else are you playing? And the guy's like, nothing. He's like, I bought this strictly because of all the videos I was seeing of people having fun. I've I've no other nothing else on Switch, nor do I expect to buy anything else on Switch. I mean, the amount of pictures that are uh, going around on social media, even this week of the weekend playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom, are like so many sure. like, uh, pop artists. It's just they're just chilling in the back of their cars, playing Switch. They're playing Tears, and like they're yeah. not just starting it up. It's like they're in this. They game. Got a lot of hearts. Like, yeah, it's yeah, wild. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so cool. So yeah, there's something beautiful about the book ending, seemingly of. Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom on the Switch. Sorry, Lakers head. Uh, <laughs> it's a fucking goddamn. No, there's always going to be some other stuff, but like we don't know. Like tentatively, Metroid Prime Four is still a Switch game. I don't think it's going to be the case. I think Metroid Prime Four is going to happen, but I do think it's going to be on the next system. Do you uh, think it's, well, I guess now I'm into backwards compatibility talk. But do you think it's, it bridges it where it's like one of those? That's where it gets complicated. I I don't. I think that this next Switch will be backwards compatible. So. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, it's tough with Metroid in particular because Metroid's not Zelda in terms of sales. 100%. Having said that, Zelda wasn't Zelda until Breath of the Wild. Like, the, the Switch. Like, things changed here. So, I don't know exactly where we're going with this, but I expect that we're not going to get any super major Switch game. I mean, the fact that we are getting Super Mario Wonder at the end of this year, like, that. It, I mean, people want to write it off because it's 2D or whatever. Like, that's a major game. That is a, a AAA major video game, and it's yep. going to sell insanely well. So, arguably, that might be the swan song as well. Um, but Nintendo's just kind of crushing it when it comes to stuff. So, it's like, I don't know. But what do you think the next Switch's big game's going to be? So, you mean life to date, or do you mean launch lineup? Game? So, both. 
and like is it going to be the same because i think it's interesting here with zelda where it's like all right um what's the launch line for the next switch and then tears seems to be the switch's swan song what do you think the system seller will be for the switch's successor breath of the wild is the system seller was launch game and then tears of the kingdom being the swan song is also about to i think eclipse that so it's like the story is the zelda duology yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah do we get that again is it zelda is it something no. new? well i think launch lineup you have to have a major nintendo game a major nintendo ip which at this point then looks at all right cool is it going to be a, a 3d mario is it going to be odyssey 2 or whatever you want to call it or is it going to be mario kart whatever you want to call that with all the courses and stuff going on for mario kart right now it makes me well that wouldn't be it right um again with the sales of mario kart what is that meant to what they've been working on and what they want to do what is a, the fact that this new one could be backwards compatible 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 what does that do to the whole thing yeah yeah so i guess i lean into it's going to be a mario that it would be a 3d mario it'd be the, it would mar, for lack of a better term mario odyssey 2 yeah is what you'd launch with and come out that way right to have a major nintendo ip ready to go at launch on the system uh, I don't think Metroid Prime is it, even though I think it. I'm with you of like getting along here. How, how, but again, if it's backwards compatible, then you don't have to worry about it, right? Especially if the what I hope they call is the uh, Super Nintendo Switch. If it is making your backwards compatible games look better, run better, faster, whatever, load faster, right? Then who cares? Leave it how it is, and then take advantage of the insane lot, the insane uh, install base of the Nintendo Switch right now, and then benefit from. Hey, it's also there and it'll look better on your new system and stuff that way. But I don't think that's really the move with Metroid. Like you're saying, I don't think that, I don't think it is where it needs to be. Whereas Zelda had been beloved for so long, even though it wasn't making gigantic sales, it wasn't, you know, becoming this thing. It was that people knew Zelda and loved Zelda. And then you put Zelda into a brand new format slash genre for all intents and purposes, right? Okay, cool. That's the breakout. That's where you're going to go. To a hungry audience, too. I mean, I, I also, I always need to point this out. Not only was Zelda not ever the biggest seller ever, neither was 3D Mario. Mario Odyssey was the breakthrough for 3D Mario. Like Until that, 2D Mario destroyed 3D Mario. Which is so crazy to think about because I was, I would venture to guess, and I know this will sound crazy, but I would venture to guess that if you were to talk to people, they, they would... They would they wouldn't say Mario Odyssey was a huge success. They would think of it not as a failure. That's way too, I'm painting with a broad brush. I'm being binary, but it's the fact that Mario Odyssey wasn't game of the year. Understandably so, right? Because it's up against Breath of the Wild, right? But it, that I think the fact that you didn't walk away from that going like, wow, this is the best Mario of all time. See, I, I don't know that I fully agree with that. I do think time has been cruel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to Mario Odyssey in, in some ways, but like I do think that it that is the people's answer. Like I do think that Mario Odyssey is people's favorite Mario game for the most part. Like I'm not saying like every single person, and like it's not mine, but I do think Mario Odyssey is the most popular answer for the best Mario game. Um, but the way it's talked about is not the same as Breath of the Wild. So like you're right. Like there is something there about it, and like. At the, I mean, I think at the end of the day... You don't think people... And I granted, we're old. But you don't think people would shout out Mario 64? And that not... Again, this isn't you and me objectively yeah. talking about quality of game. <clears throat> but when you're like, the best 3D Mario is Odyssey. I mean, I... I it, it always gets weird because we can't use words like everyone and no one and all that stuff. But I, I think the reality is that um, there's the, always going to be the conversation between Mario 3 and Mario World. Mario 64 is always going to be brought up. I feel like 
and when you're talking quality, I think Odyssey and Galaxy. And I think that at this point, Odyssey has eclipsed Galaxy. I think it's Odyssey. I think Odyssey is the answer. Here's another question for you. Do mm -hmm. you think... Do you think Galaxy has been lost to time in some ways as well? Yes, that's and one no. that like gamers like us talk about. But again, I I don't. To your point, I guess it's the two D Mario's people talk about and nostalgic about and yada and, and Mario sixty four for being something they'd never seen before. Yeah, but I take feel this like conversation away. I didn't expect it. I, it's I, also interesting because you know I'm not the Nintendo guy, so nobody's yeah. talking to me about Mario. I, I just feel like what I hear on a podcast or what I talk, what comes up all the time. I am the Nintendo guy. I am the Mario guy in you know, particular uh, when it comes to that stuff. So it's like I I feel like there's bias that I have, but then I also have an awareness of just the general discourse about this. Yeah. And I feel like as time goes on, the oh Mario three is the best game ever made. Like that conversation, as we get older and older and new generations come in, that starts to subside a bit. Yeah. So I feel like the the 2D Mario games are beloved, but I don't think they're talked about the same when you're talking about what's the best game of all time. I don't think those are being brought up as often. Yeah. Um, and Mario 64, I think, like is a generation's favorite game for sure. Um, but I feel like compared to the advancements that Galaxy and Odyssey made, I just think that I anybody that's actually being critical about it would put them above 64 sure. 64 still i mean it's my favorite of those absolutely like i mario 64 is probably top five of my favorite games of all time but it's not best and i think sure. like that's always important to talk about and um when it comes to galaxy being lost to time like you're saying i think that a lot of it just has to do with what consoles it's stuck on and all that sure 3D All-Stars bringing in Galaxy, but not Galaxy 2. There's always been a debate of what's better, Galaxy 1, Galaxy 2. I say Galaxy 2, but it's hard. I feel like between the two of them, there is like a perfect Mario game. But both of them have enough fluff Little and things. enough, eh, yeah. it's like whatever. Uh, but honestly, pushed it to a different echelon for more people than ever, selling more than ever, all that stuff. I think Odyssey is going to, in many years, be talked about in a very different way than it's being talked about now, just because I would love of that. people that grew up with it and loved it and... Uh, again, it's just a numbers game here. Like, we're just talking about the sheer amount of people that played it. So, sure. To pull the car over to the side of the road for a mm -hmm. second, there was a tweet that busted me up the other day. It was, um, if Bowser stole my wife, I would, no matter, no matter how, if Bowser stole my wife, you wouldn't catch me saying wahoo, no matter how f much fun the jumps were. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Bowser kidnapped my wife. <laughs> um, all right. Klein Felt says, hi from Canada. Hi. Nearly three years in, do you feel like the PS5 and Xbox series have lived up to the promise of next gen? No. Really? Um, I think we're getting there. I think it has been a, you know, the promise of next gen is everybody taking advantage of the bells and whistles and it being the thing. You know, I've, I'm, I've been reviewing a number of games right now that are doing the whole like, oh, well, they're, you know, it's a PS5 version, a PS4 version, da, da, da. And when I'm playing the PS5 version, I am like, what is with this load time? And don't get me wrong, it's not like PS3 era load times or anything crazy, but it is long enough that I'm like, fuck, I got to load this? Like, why is this, why is this game taking this long? You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. You're Insomniac first party, you know, first party games from Insomniac, from Naughty Dog, whatever. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. But in general, I still feel like this was an incremental move. I think, you know what I mean? Like for the majority of third party stuff you're seeing from other people, it's not like I'm playing this and I can't fathom it running on a PlayStation 4. I can I can fathom it running on a PlayStation 4 at a lesser resolution and a longer load time, da, da, da. But it's like what is the promise? The promise was convenience. The promise was uh, ease of use and da, da, da. 
I guess that's happening. Yeah. I love my PlayStation 5. I am cognizant of how fast it is to boot up an Xbox Series X, to boot up a PlayStation 5, to be into the game, past all the screens that are like, you know, don't try this at home, and here's your copyright, and all this jazz. That is quicker. I am into it faster, but I don't think... I don't think we're seeing people squeeze all the juice from it. This then gets into the whole conversation we've been having recently with the PlayStation 5 Slim of, okay, cool, well, if the Slim is the Slim and it's not the Pro, are they doing a Pro? Because Blessing's like, you know, by the time they would do a Pro, aren't we getting close to launching a PlayStation 6? And if you're going to launch a PlayStation 6, or if you could launch something and put a 6 on it, wouldn't you do it and iterate on it and sell that thing? And it's like, that's a compelling argument as well, but it's just the more classic conversation of is everybody getting everything out of these units i don't feel they are hmm. yeah i i easily think that it's lived with the promise because to me the promise was convenience yeah. i feel like when we we start talking about the the tech side of it all and like them saying like literally 8k is on the box of the playstation 5 like that's just it is so stupid like that's just marketing bullshit we know yeah. it's not going to hit it um, I feel like if you just are talking about it from that perspective, like looking back at any other generation, they also were having different but similar issues when it came to the promises. I mean, even look back to the PS4 and Xbox One of having to have the debates on like, oh, this is so, this is 900p. It's not even 1080p. Like, are you kidding me? Like all that type of shit. I feel like those promises, that's all there of just like, that's best intentions and all that stuff. And I wish that it was hitting that. Trust me. I love the tech shit. And I want them to be hitting all that stuff. Yeah. I will say that from the, the the promise of the convenience, I am extremely impressed with how both systems, but I mainly play on PS5, have um, kind of bettered their uh, states since launch. Like so many of the things that didn't work, so much of the confusion, once we got past that, the Xbox has smart delivery. What the fuck does Sony have? Uh, it has Switcher. And it has annoying ass things yeah. the most annoying things with the dumbest uh way to explain it to people what's going on and you have a ps4 version ps5 version there's trophy list for both you could pop them only in this order not in this, all that stuff now that we're past that now that we're like a couple years in and like all those problems are gone because that type of cross gen game is just it, they aren't happening anymore and if they mm, are it, well, as much and if they are there's an understanding now at least like I and feel that's like, the thing where it's like i feel like they haven't gone away it's just we're wise to it oh which one am i downloading when i redeem not the only code? are we wise to it they oh, yeah. presented it better and the teams are making it easier than ever and i go yeah. we're at a point now that it actually is convenient it whereas before it was like oh all you got to do is this then this and this and this and this and this and this and we're not there anymore. Yeah. Every once in a while, if you're trying to do something that's cumbersome and complicated, sure. But I feel like I'm often surprised at how things work the way I expect them to. I think, you know, it's, it has it lived up to the promise of next gen was the question, right? And I feel like that's just loaded eye of the beholder kind of stuff where mm -hmm. the fact that we still have to choose between a performance and fidelity mode, right? Like, yeah. well, that try, this does not feel like I have 8K to 1080 or whatever the fuck it is on the box, right? See, I would argue the other side of that, though, is that that, that is the promise, is choice. Yeah, and but I, I had the like, PlayStation 4 Pro. But, I mean, but I, I, PS4 Pro is, like, I think, debatably more in this promise. Like, that is more of, like, a, you're upgrading for a taste of the next-gen experience. I think the PS4 Pro to where we're at now is that lineage, and I hate it. I, I'm firmly at a point, and I know this isn't going to be popular. I feel like console games should have one option and just fucking uh, commit to it, and that's what it is. Because I feel like it's hurting these devs to have multiple options that are underserving both sides, where you are either pissing off the Andy Cortezes of the world because your performance mode is not performance mode. Mm -hmm. Like The fact that there's been multiple games that have come out in the last couple of months, big AAA titles that run 
better in resolution mode than performance mode at launch is unacceptable. But sure. it keeps happening. And so it's like you're screwing over those people. Then for the people that don't give a shit, you're making them feel some type of inadequate. You're making them be like, I don't know which one I should pick. What, what's better? What am I losing out on? That's not good. I feel like you need to just, that's for PC gaming, man. Like that's like, I, I really hate that part of the promise that they're delivering on is choice. And it's like, that's no bueno for me. Sure. Fair enough. Um, Spencer. Okay, I found the tweet, by the way. It was from Miss, Miss Jewel J. If my girl got kidnapped by Bowser, I would not be yelling Wahoo, no matter how exhilarating my jump was. Exhilarating. <laughs> that's great. Uh, before we do the next question, actually, let's take a word. From our sponsors. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked you can wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase if you don't love your shady rays exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop their team always has your back shady rays independence day sale is live right now you can go to shadyrays.com and get up to 50 percent off single pairs of sunglasses you can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people again that's shadyrays.com dot com shadyrays.com thank you <laughs> our little wine date uh spencer oswald says what's Take up Greg and Tim? jen and gia <laughs> i've only been listening for half a year but i love y'all's content Here's my questions. I was going to take a selfie and send it to them, but they'll just think we're drinking coffee. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, As someone who's excited for Starfield, but really hasn't played any Bethesda game, what should I be playing right now to prepare? Nothing. Thanks for the amazing content you do. Keep up the good vibes, especially the ones that make fun of PC gamers. These fucks. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Nothing. Don't play anything. Don't, don't, Don't even bother. Like It'd be better to go in, I think, and have... Not no expectations, because obviously Starfield set your expectations so high, but this is a conversation we've had about Fallout in particular, that Fallout 3 had so many moments, but the moment, right, of leaving the vaults and just being like, I can go anywhere, I can do whatever I want, blah, 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 you know, let alone choices like Megaton and yada, yada, yada. I think that since that moment in what Fallout 3 was, it's hard to recapture it. A lot of people would argue Fallout New Vegas, of course, having the better story and a whole bunch of stuff. Fallout 4 being more modern and a whole bunch of cool stuff like Kept that. Kev, trying to get some wine? <laughs> get, get a coffee coming in here, Kev. <laughs> Kev, it's like we're pirates. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, 76 being a huge disaster. I think there's something special to that first Bethesda open world you tackle. That no matter what, Fallout 4 wasn't going to be able to recapture what Fallout 3 was to me, mm-hmm. right? Of like, because I, I knew that, like, I could run into a fucking robot that thought he was the president and I'd have to you know, do stuff. Like, and I knew, you know, blah, 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 blah. Starfield is going to give, hopefully, me another taste of that because it is not even Elder Scrolls, right? Where it's like Skyrim and, and then uh, ESO and, like, you know, you knew a bit the rules of those worlds. You knew what was going on there. Like, I know what a Bethesda game is. I know how a Bethesda quest is structured. I know. How Vats feels, even though that's probably not applicable here. It is more about, okay, I don't know what 
a Starfield universe is going to feel like, right? What is this open universe going to feel like? Uh, what exactly will zero G feel like? What's it going to feel like? Of course, when, you know, we're doing the cool jumps and the cool gunnies and shooties and stuff like that. Like that's new to me, but the idea of what it's going to be, the core, what I feel like the skeleton of is going to be feel familiar. And I wish I could erase my mind and go into that and be like, cool. What, this is just whatever it's going to be. Right. Kind of what hopefully have the experience that sunk, no man's sky the positive way mm. but the positive side of mm-hmm. it right where we wanted no man's sky to be i can do it oh i can't do anything there's oh there's very limited shit to do here you know what i mean like they don't get me wrong the game now is fantastic and there's a million it's yeah uh, go get go play it if you haven't done that but you, don't right. play that if you're gonna go play starfield yeah i hope starfield is you know we jump in and it is like i you know we we've uh, pulled back the curtain for a second we're talking about starfield reviews over here who, who you know prioritizing who's gonna review it who's gonna get codes yada 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 i'm not gonna be lead reviewer on it and so I made a joke, and there was a part of me like, but what if I did it? I don't know if you remember, but I made a joke of talking to somebody about it. I'm like, I'm going to try to review the entire game without leaving the first planet. Like I, and I was like, what if, I, what if that's actually – is that, is that going to be possible? That whatever the tutorial is, once I'm out and I'm on a planet, can I just do 60 hours on that planet while everybody else goes and does everything? And like, what happens? And would it get boring? And yet, like, how long can I stay on that planet and feel satiated and that I'm doing something and getting – like? That's the kind of freedom and hope I have for this game. And is that way too much? Is that way impossible? Probably, because, I mean, inevitably, you're going to get a quest. It's like, go to the fucking moon and get me a rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, get me a moon I rock. need a moon rock or whatever. Like, that's the freedom I want from that game. I don't know if I'll get it, but I think going in, your, your expectations are already through the roof, right? Like, you watch the Starfield, did I say roof, right? Because I, mean, I made a really, I really tried to say roof. Did I say roof? Or did I say rough? Uh, sounded right to me. Okay, great. You know how I say rough. I say rough. Everybody gets on my back. Oh, gotcha. You know I mean? Uh, anyways, how do you say the animal that sounds like that kind of that's dog-like creature? I don't. There's a dog that sounds like W O L F. Oh, wolf. Okay. Yeah. Some people call it wolves. That's weird. Always weird. freaks me out. Always freaks me out. A lot of I people. Bet. Yeah. I don't I, like I've met several too. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, expectations are already through the roof. And I think that if you, and I tried hard there too, if you're going to, if you've never played a Bethesda game, I would not now. I would not now. Yeah. I just don't think you need the comparisons. I don't think you need to have anything quote unquote spoiled. Like, I think you need to go in there and be like, oh, like is hacking a terminal going to feel the same as hacking a terminal? Is there going to be as much, you know, uh, emails and papers to find and read to put together the story and then what you're going to meet people and yada, yada. I would just kick up your feet and get ready for September. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Especially for big games like that. Mm-hmm. Like, just prepare yourself. Get hyped and get into it. Um, staying on the RPG thing, but moving over to the Final Fantasy side a little bit for a couple of these ones. Uh, DJ Riss says, is Final Fantasy sixteen the best Game of Thrones game we could have ever wanted? I think the answer is resoundedly yes. Yeah, it seems like that's it. it I, I obviously don't have an opinion, but it seems like that's the answer. It really is. I, and I love Game of Thrones deeply. That's the song. Amazing songs, amazing songs, Uh, amazing characters, like amazing story, bad ending, whatever. All that aside, it still stands. It's like Game of Thrones. I think is still my favorite story ever told, and uh, it a lot of that has to do with just the quality of the writing, the quality of the writing of characters and the world, and how all of those things interact with each other. Yeah, and. Final Fantasy 16 does that and uh, does it in the exact same way Game of Thrones did where I'm like, these games are complicated. I'm never going to remember this. This map's too much. I don't know the hell's going on. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh my God, somehow I know how all these characters are connected and related and I care. 
deeply about all of them from the forefront people all the way down to side story number 27 uh, of how these all plots either I don't connect play this game. don't connect and all of it. I am wowed. And multiple times through playing, I was like, this was this is what it'd be like playing a, a Game of Thrones game. Yeah. And like not just in like the similarity of like the all things I just said, just in the sense of the epic scale of it all and thinking like what would a Game of Thrones video game be? It's this. And there's a lot of el- other elements too, but like it's this. Um, next question's from Chelsea. Is this still Final Fantasy related? Yes, it is. Okay. Do you miss the role-playing part of it? We'll get to that in just Thank a second. You. Um, Chelsea says, my husband and I placed a pizza bet today. Final nice. Fantasy VII. Spoilers for anybody that doesn't want to be spoiled on the original Final Fantasy VII here. Uh, I think Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will end when Sephiroth kills Eren. <gasps> uh, he thinks that no one will die or possibly a different party member instead, since the vast majority of people playing the game expect Aerith to die and might be adjusting their play style to account for that. What are your thoughts? I am firmly in the camp that I... I'm I'm with your uh, your husband here. They're killing somebody else. Yeah, I I I, I don't know if they're going to kill somebody else. Okay. I don't think Aerith dies. Okay. And if she does, I don't think it's going to be at the place or time she did in the first game. I, there will be a subverting of expectations, I think, on this. Okay. But I don't know what I think it's going to be. I trust them though. So far, they have proven to me that they are handling this with the most care they possibly can, and they're having fun at the same time. And sometimes that fun and care can get you to places that I'm not in love with, especially with the team that we're talking about here. I've seen it happen before. Sure. You know, with something that may or may not rhyme with Bingdom Marts. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yes. I've heard of this game. Um, but we'll see. But anyways, yeah, I don't think Eric dies. I don't either. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome if Cloud died. Cloud? I mean, then my boy Zach gets more screen time, so I'm okay with that. I've always have been. Bingdom Hearts. Bingdom Marts. Uh, Bingdom Marts, sorry. Yeah, Fing. Thing, oh, Thingdom. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, anytime I think of Kingdom Hearts now, I think of uh, when we were at uh, Judges Week at mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 3 when Jen cried me bawling because she thought Portillo broke his leg again at, when we were <laughs> at Judges Week. That was horrible. That was horrible. That was a hard, hard night. Yeah. Good day for me. Yeah, great day for you. Bad night. You know, it was fine in the end because he was fine, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean, he still died, but that was years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> Unrelated to his leg, he just died. You know what I mean? Um, well, technically, I killed him. Uh, Brewer Jack says euthanasia. You have to do it sometimes. Oh <laughs> you know what I mean? And while we're on it, why can't you just euthanize a person in right, America? Let's, let's uh, segue from that too. <laughs> Haley, in honor of Torgal, uh, who's the dog in Final Fantasy? Oh, I know Torgal. Uh, what do you think the best animal companions in the history of gaming are? I mean, real talk, Torgal shot up the list for me, man. Yeah. The, the first moment I laid eyes on that little guy, I'm like, I'm going to like He's a really cute puppy. I played uh, that part. And uh, just playing, the more you, and more you play through it, I'm just so happy with how uh, integrated he is into the like Final Fantasy 16 and yeah. like, how much of a character he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Torgal's the, the homie and a half, Greg. Yeah, I'm excited to do more with him and actually actually play with him and meet him because, I, you know, again, he saw him as a puppy and I knew he's cute. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it's a great question. Of course, Portillo. He's been in a lot of games. I'll toss him out there. He was of great. Course, Guaca- yeah. Guacamelee, right? Uh-huh. Guacamelee, too. He was there with shirtless arachnid man. I like that quite a bit. Um, but a real answer, like I was always into Shadow in Dead to Rights. Do you ever remember Dead to Rights? No. Uh, if you could get a, a video up, uh, 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 Kevin, of uh, basically you were a cop or whatever, and you had, I think he was a husky. I think Shadow was a husky. And, like, 
he was always with you and you could command him in certain games. I'm not even sure in every dead rights because there was many of them or whatever. But you you were running around doing your thing, shooting. He could go fetch you ammo. Yeah. He could go do this, blah, blah, blah. He could go attack stuff. In the same way, I like D-Dog from Metal Gear Solid Five, right? Yeah. I thought that was a good one. I know a lot of people would float dog meat out here from Fallout 3. It's worth tossing dog meat in. I never had him as a companion. I never did the stuff to have dog meat and keep him around. Yeah, this is the remake or, or the whatever, the yeah, Retribution, I guess, the more recent one. They actually, yes, there's the guy. Eventually, he'll show you his dog shadow, maybe, unless this is like a cutscene. It says trailer. There he there is. He is. He's like a shadow. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing, man. You re- you had this guy, and you could he would go and kill for you. Look, at there it is. You could take over and play as him at certain points, too. But he, he was a series staple. Uh, this was the, I want to say, this must have been the PS3 version, I guess. I remember reviewing it or at least playing it, and there was always great stuff when he died. Shadow, no! Yeah, of <laughs> course. I mean? Of course. My answers are the most basic Tim answers ever, but they have to go to Mario and Pokemon, obviously. But I was always obsessed with Yoshi. Sure. Like, when I was little, Yoshi. there was just something about, like, Super Mario World, starting on Yoshi's house. Like, I just would fantasize about the lore of this mario oh, sure. world i don't know why but like this i was obsessed with the idea of yoshi's island like what's the story there and then when they came out with mario world 2 yoshi's island uh which was the first game i ever beat i was even more obsessed with it because it felt like it was just adding so much backstory to all this stuff and so didn't it take away from yoshi though not at that all. there were so many other yoshis that were just different colors but, but they worked as a team dude and it was the, the green one was the one that started and finished it i love that shit that was great you tell me there's a blue Yoshi out there, Greg? There you go. Big fan of that shit. I'm sure you were. Um, you know what? I don't even, I don't think there was a blue one in uh in that. But anyways, um Yoshi is always a, a shout out for me. But like your partner Pokemon. Like I know it's like it's a weird thing to say, like animal companions, but it's like there's nothing like your your partner that you choose in a Pokemon game, but especially in the games that allow them to like trail you, like starting in uh Pokemon Yellow where Pikachu would like follow you around. It's like this is awesome it just feels like you have your little dude with you yeah i'm a big fan of little dudes yeah of course yeah that's why yeah. i have two little dudes i got two little dudes yeah. big fan of them yeah um so now jumping back to final fantasy away from the pets here uh brewer jack says i haven't heard the boys talk too much about the lack of rpg elements in final fantasy 16 i know everyone's been loving it but do you think at the end of the day it will rank low on the best of all time final fantasy rankings because of this so this is a crazy one of course mm-hmm. but you know i haven't progressed really beyond the first three hours of this game and i'm gonna restart so I, there are people listening who don't know Final Fantasy 16 at all. So like, is there no? There's XP, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm applying it, but there's like no choice. Like, what is it? What so that what? How is it not like? Why have the XP if there's nothing going on, or is it just very light, or what's happening? I mean, there's things going on, and it's happening. It's just we've talked about this so many times. RPG elements have intruded, invaded into other video games for so long Every now game, yeah. that i feel like it's they're just kind of there so like what is an rpg what is a final fantasy like these are big questions that i don't think have a specific answer like i okay. feel like things have like grown and changed so much over time but the the to me the conversation of is final fantasy 16 a final fantasy final, ah, a final fantasy is utterly ridiculous this franchise changes all the time sure what it is changes i think entry to entry and not always is it that dramatic but I feel like in the same way we look at Mario and it's like, sure, the core Mario games are all platformers, but a 2D Mario, a 3D Mario, and a Mario 3D World 3D Mario are all extremely different experiences and and types. Final Fantasy now has, I think, five or six archetypes of what it could be. And this is just a new version of that that is like the most action-centric that we've seen before. But even on the turn-based side, going back, 
those turn-based games only got more and more action-centric as they went on um, with the active time battle where sure. uh, there'd be like the bar that would fill. And so it is, it's not just like chess where you're just sitting and waiting for someone to, to do something. But then Final Fantasy X came along and it straight up was, if you put the controller down, nothing's going to happen. It's true turn-based. They change back and forth all the time. Final Fantasy X 2 then took that and added active time battle back. So it was a little bit more active. And then you play Final Fantasy VII Remake that is fairly action-y, but at the same time, you're still slowing down time. And there is you could still, bump around, yeah. Yeah, and like Final Fantasy XV was the same thing. Sixteen is a pure-on action RPG. Um, way more similar to Kingdom Hearts. Um, or the gameplay of... Uh, Devil May Cry with the stylishness and the the combo driven things, but applied to a God of War type um, RPG system yeah, and yeah. and story and things like that. So people wouldn't call God of War an RPG, and I've seen a lot of people say that God of War has more RPG elements than Final Fantasy 16 does. And I, I do think there's an argument to be made that that's true. I don't think that, in my opinion, there's an argument of value to be made that that matters. Interesting. <laughs> like I think that Final Fantasy 16 is what it is and does so good at it i think some of the rpg stuff they have gets in the way i think the crafting system in the game is probably the weakest part of the game to me um and that is the more traditional rpg stuff um because just playing through like you're still making choices for like your abilities and all that stuff that just feels normalized now that just feels like you're playing almost any game you expect a skill tree in skill trees are inherently though an rpg mechanic sure you get what i'm saying yeah totally. and the skill trees are I think deeply satisfying in Final Fantasy 16 and um, in the same way that in Jedi Survivor you get your skill trees and there's a lot of different skills there's like the force powers there's the sure. different stances there's sure. all that and you can build them out if you want to try something else you can take them back and redistribute uh, whatever but it costs you you get the one free one and then it costs you Final Fantasy doesn't cost you shit you can do as many times as you want you can like redistribute it and I think that's kind of like not meeting in the middle, it's making a choice of what they want this game to be. And they want this game to be a playground of you role-playing. And I, I appreciate that. Like, I feel like sure. that's kind of more sure. of like, you are playing the role of who you want to be and that person can change over time. Um, and I feel like that's backed up in the story and, and all that stuff as well. So I, I don't know. I feel like there's arguments being had about Final Fantasy 16 that like don't, don't, matter. don't need to be had. Um, but also, hey, people really care about certain things and they might be upset one way or another about this not being what they wanted from it, which I do totally understand as well. Um, and so, yeah, do I think at the end of, end of the day, it'll rank low on the best of all time lists? I, time will tell. I think that um, it'll be very high on many lists. I don't think it'll be at the top of every list, um, but I do think that 16 is going to make more of the greatest all time Final Fantasy lists than anyone. I mean, since 10. I think, and I, I know I'm going to get shit for saying that because oh, yeah, the amount of people that love 12, but the people that rock for 12 rock, rock for it. And that will be number one on many lists as well. Um, and I love 13 and I, I really enjoy 15. I wish I loved 15. I don't. Um, and then 14 obviously is a different story, but the people that have 14 on their list, it's going to be number one. Uh, but I think 16 will be on more best of lists than the other ones. Okay. What, about, what about 11? Oh, I love you so much, Kev. <laughs> love you so much. Um, all right, moving on from Final Fantasy here. Barble Hergy. Nice name. Uh, what's the ideal gamer session environment? The setup that will enhance your experience 100% of the time. Headphones on, lights dimmed, got some family or friends around, gamer glasses on, etc. 
I imagine this has changed for both of you over the years. I don't know if it has. Uh, nobody around. Fuck off. Don't talk to me. I'm trying to play a video game. I'm trying to listen to the story. I'm trying to do whatever. Lights dimmed for sure. Uh, giant TV. You know, the, the basement when I get down there, uh, either after putting Jen to bed or when we come down there to play Diablo or whatever, I'm immediately on the dimmer switch, right? Like, I need some light, but not a lot of light. Let's bring it down nice and low there. Um, and then, yeah, I have, a I have a couch that can, you know, be a normal couch or it can fold up so you can put your feet up or whatever. Feet out is a dangerous game. I, that's when I start. I can start getting sleepy time real quick. You know what I mean? If mm -hmm. my feet are up, if my feet are down, I feel more like I'm at a movie theater or I'm at a, you know doing something. Especially during the work day, if I'm reviewing a game at home, you'll never catch me feet up because it's got to be feet down. I feel like that's work. Mm -hmm. That's a work stance. Mm -hmm. But Works there. I, I would say couch, feet down, uh, and then I pile up some pillows to have a little armrest over there. You know what I mean? Here's if I'm lying, I'm dying. The real shit. All right. Mm -hmm. When Jen got knocked up. Right, and we were getting ready to bring little Benjamin Miller into the world. We did a baby Leto chair. You know what I mean? I did a. It's a. It's a, doesn't matter. I, there's a brand called Baby Leto. They do a chair that uh, uh, Andrea Re Andrea Renee was like, "This one's dope. You guys should get it. It has USB chargers in the side, Hell so yeah. you can have your stuff charged. And then, of course, it's got the buttons to put your feet up and lay out. You can recline all the way back and stuff like that for feeding times. I was like, great. Immediately hit up Baby Leto. I was like, yo. You want to do a little social media posty post for this? And they're like, yeah, sure. I was like, oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Got this thing. And I, I have never, I don't think in my life, regretted a sponsorship deal, I guess, for all intents and purposes, more. Because I love the chair so fucking much that I, 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 like, I called it in my post. Like, this is the best chair I've ever sat in. And I know that sounds like it's just because of the sponsor. Like, here we are a year, a year and a half, two years later, right? And I'm like, no. There's nothing I'm more excited for than the day Ben's like, Dad we can get the chair out of my room and I want to put a desk there or whatever. I'm like, sounds great, son. And I'm taking that chair downstairs and that's the gaming chair. Yeah. That's going to be the dad chair because that chair is so fucking comfortable. That would be the perfect setup sitting there. And then again, feet only up after hours and when I'm ready for sleepy time. But yeah, usually dim lights dimmed, nobody around. There it is. I have it in blue. Uh, and it's got the, it's got the charger inside. That's the one right there. Or I guess blue gray, whatever you want to call that right there. Uh, huge fan. Uh, this is again. I'm not. I, uh, they they sent it to me a long time ago. It's the most comfortable chair I've ever sat in. Period. Bar none anywhere. And Hell I can't yeah. wait for it just to be mine. Uh, but there, yeah, it's got that little thing you charge two things in. I like that a lot. Blah blah. I've never charged anything in. It, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like when it was, it's a great idea. But like when we were nursing, when Ben was nursing and needed to be like you know middle of the night, I wasn't thinking about bringing a USB cable in there. Not enough voltage, Greg. That's my problem with those type of sure. integrated things. Sure. But I'm also a baby when it comes to stuff. Yeah, you're, and if I know there are higher numbers out there, I need the thing with the I higher hear you, numbers. I hear you, I hear you. That's my problem. But yeah, that's my setup. What's yours? Yeah, I mean, I'm an, I'm obnoxious, Greg. Uh, well, you have I, theater in yeah, your house, and I, I it, it has to be perfect. And yeah. I'm at a, a very lucky point in my life that it can be, mm -hmm. and it often mm -hmm. is. And when I say often, I mean it always. There's not a drop of light coming in this room. Yeah. It's pitch black. Every light's off, yeah, just... except the TV. Surround sound, booming, blasting. Got the, the sub subwoofer shaking in my chair. Um, the only problem is when it gets too late, I can't be doing that. Can't be doing that. Sure. But guess what, Greg? What? Your boy came up with a solution. Got it. Is it convenient? No. Not at all. But it's right, and it's how God wanted things. Okay? okay? There's wireless headsets. Yeah. They're cool. They're fine. I get it. They do the job in many cases. Uh -huh. They don't for me. All right. Nice ass pair of headphones. All right. Wired, obviously. Problem with this though, there's a wire. That's a big problem. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Complications of like, well, once it's wired, then it causes other problems with the rest of the sound system and all this stuff. Jumping to the end of my point here. I'm enjoying it. I no figured what. out a way where I have a splitter. 
that splits from my receiver to my base sub setup that I have. So I get to sit in my chair that is very similar to those. I have one of the reclining, uh, whatever you want to call them, like theater chairs, but like the lazy boy type shit, right? Sure. So I like to pull the thing up. I'm with you. I don't like to be laying down. I can't be too, too much. That's too much. You know? That's too much comfort. So I usually kind of sit like, you know, semi cross-legged um, on it. A pretty nice, not 90 degree, but like I'm, I'm getting up there, getting some firm back support there. Got to have that Sitting, firm back support. Chilling. Multiple LaCroix at my side. All right. I got the multiple cup holders. Yeah. So I got at least two LaCroix here. Maybe a couple backups. You know what I mean? You got it. Yeah. It's getting crazy. I have my little fan. I have a heater. Depending on the temperature, I always want it to be 69 degrees. Ah. Not just for the memes, because that's my favorite degree level, okay? Sure. Got to get that thing pumping. Going back to the headphones, though. I have it set up now. It's not a convenient look. Gia doesn't like when I do this. But guess what? She's in bed when I do this. She's These not there are late for it. Nights. You don't have to the, worry about her? Yeah, so nice 69 degrees going on, no matter what's going on. Pitch black everywhere. Big old OLED screen. I'm looking at, I got cables galore coming out uh, from my receiver to me. But what does that allow me, Greg? It allows me to wear very high-quality audiophile headphones, boom, on my head, strapped to my noggin. But it also allows me to still get the bass shakers in my chair to do the boom, boom. So I'll be playing here, blasting shit in my headphones, my chair shaking away as I'm fucking shooting motherfuckers in Last of Us 2, all right? Nobody knows Anything. Please, not Ted. He was my husband. I'm hearing it You're every like, which way. Great. <laughs> Shaking everywhere. Oh, it feels so fucking good. Yeah, that's when I am like and living my best life, Greg. Here's the one thing. Well, there's two things to go from here. And they're both about you and what I both long for from your setup. Uh-huh. And I'm so glad I don't have. Yes. And we'll start with what I'm so glad I don't have. And that's taste like mm-hmm. you have. You know what I mean? The fact that I can be happy playing on my phone, I can be happy on my giant OLED TV, I can be happy on the soundbar, I can be happy on the headset, I don't know what kind of headset I'm using. You know, the fact that I'm just happy to be playing a game, I can't thank the Lord enough that I'm that dumb, that I'm just like, whatever, it's all the same. It's all Greek to me, I'm sure, having a great yeah. time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then what I really do covet from your space is a bathroom right behind you. Oh, it's nice. Because that is the deal breaker all the time for me, of like, we, we want one down there, but that's years away, because guess what, it's expensive doing anything in the world. And uh, it is that thing of there'll be so many times where I'm like, shit, I got to pee. But I'm like, I don't want to go upstairs now because I run the risk of if Jen wakes up, she thinks I'm coming to bed. Mm-hmm. And then if I go back down, I don't want her to disappoint or even worse, her be grumpy when I come to bed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I will just struggle through this. Ooh. And the amount of, huh? In the backyard. Dude, the amount of times I've thought about it, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of times I've thought about it, I'm like, should I just open the door and pee outside? <laughs> No, I mean, in a world of nest cams outside and shit, hey, I don't, my I don't cams. know. Yeah, they're his cams, well, they're, I mean, how much fun you're going to have showing that to Jen the next day. Sure. I mean, a couple things there. You never know if Jen, what, I don't want Jen to accidentally uncover you. There'd be a horrifying moment of her realizing you're pissing in the backyard. No, you know what I mean? Hot. Well, the problem is she, she likes to garden so much. Oh, see, I would yeah. get in so much trouble for killing whatever plant I'm peeing on. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Is that how that works? Yeah. He just kills? Yeah, sadly, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel for you, man. The bathroom is a game changer. Set me up again, Kevin. He just kills? How do you think I euthanized Portillo? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sad. No. No. <laughs> you don't get to go <laughs> and then say I'm sad. You just don't, Greg. Um, but anyways, yeah, I care a lot about um, all this stuff T- to a point that like Jim it is. cares a lot. It's bad. Like, it's just, like, if I'm not in the zone and everything's right, like, I feel like I'm just not enjoying things the same. And, like, I've done this to myself. 
it is an obsession, but it also brings me so much joy. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure when you fucking nail it, you're crushing, oh, you're killing oh. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 99% of the time, it ain't nailed. See, though. here's the thing and about it. Yeah, and that's what I know it. there's a problem. That's why I'm so glad I have to deal with it. The amount of times I maybe not even start a game isn't the right word, but enjoy a game for a long period of time on the shitty screen I have at my desk or doing backbone stuff, like when I was reviewing Dead Island 2 mm. or even Diablo stuff. And then when I go downstairs and I put it on the giant seat, I'm like, oh my God. Like I get that, that rush of endorphins right there. I'm like, oh, this looks so good. I mean, I gotta let you know, dude. I, there has not been a time that I've turned on my TV and not had what this. What a glorious rush. TV we have! It's just so fucking nice, man. Ah, oh. <sighs> enough about that, though. Enough about that. Um, let's see. Let's go to Michael M. Michael says, M. It's the end of the year, and Barrett tells you a game no one expected somehow made it onto the kind of funny top ten. What's your guess for what that game is? Mmm, pretty good, right? I'm going to go to kindoffunny.com slash KF League 2023 because mm-hmm. that'll be easier than me spitballing because here you we're saying made it on the list period made it on the top 10. So what this means for everybody is that between me, Greg, Andy, Blessing, Barrett, Janet, Paris. Andy does say Andy? I don't know if he said Andy. I'm not sure. I think you said it. You get the, you, they get the, they get, but I think they get that's the, the group, they get it. right? The same group we always have for any, oh, and Snow Mike Mike. Anybody that's on the kind of funny, a host on kind of funny games um, or, or Barrett, who runs all the, the game shows, uh, puts their top 10 into a, a, a list for Barrett. Barrett then takes all those numbers, turns it into what are the overall top 10 for kind of funny. And there's always weird surprises uh, because of how we weight the points. Every game, if you if it's your number one, you get gets ten points. Number ten, it gets one point. We just add it all up there. So, a game that is high on a couple of people's lists could sneak in there in that top ten to make it to the the bottom side of it. Or in the case of something like twenty twenty, Imran rocked the vote and got Final Fantasy VII remake to our number one. Redfall, Nightfall. I'm not joking. Oh, oh. I forgot what Redfall even was. For yeah, like that. You're like, I've yeah. never heard of this game. Yeah. There but sounds like damn. a lot of promise behind it. That's why. Here's the wine's been flowing. I've been listening and looking and doing all this different stuff, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't. This is where, for some reason, this is where I'm being called. I believe it could be a siren song. I think yes. it's going to get a huge laugh out of you and be like, okay. no way, because you think this is a guaranteed top 10. But I think this year is so competitive. Don't say it. That I, I, right now, as I look through this list, because I can throw out something like, oh, well, like a, like a dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name, right? Like, I don't expect that to be on our top 10 list. So, yeah, that's one there. I think it's a very competitive year. I wonder about High Fi Rush. Oh, you motherfucker. I wonder if High Fi Rush will make it. Because it's such a, and it's not a, High Fi Rush is a great game. I'm yeah. not talking shit. Yeah, no, it's no. just that it is such a great year of games. Oh, yeah. That when you start looking through and you're like, what's going to be on? Like, you think about it. 10, 10 games, right? Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Locked. Mm-hmm. Again, who knows if it's good or bad. Spider-Man 2, you assume is a lock, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this is just... I'm, every, We're all, assuming here. We're assuming. This Star Wars like, Jedi Survivor, I also am questioning. Eh, ten, I mean, top no, 10, that'll, oh, make yeah. it, that'll make it fine. Diablo. Street Fighter. Starfield. That's six right there. Dude, Street Fighter's hard. Is Street Fighter going to be on anyone's, like, it's guaranteed on Bless's list. Your list now? I, I mean, I'm hoping to play more. If I don't have time, it will right, fine. Remove Street Fighter. But, but, but like, like, it'd be just, even then, it's just me and Bless. 
Okay, so remove it and put Final but, Fantasy there. But it's going to be high on Blood Six. Plus. Final Fantasy is there now. Okay, we got rid of Street Fighter. We yeah. put Final Fantasy. That's six games, meaning we have four slots that are up and running that could be anything. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about either of the Mario games. Either. I mean, uh, Super Mario RPG Remake or uh, Wonder. I don't think RPG will be on like that high. On but you're saying list. Wonder will be. So there's Wonder, Wonder will be. Okay. So now we're down yeah. to three games. You haven't left. mentioned Starfield. I did. Did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think we were arguing about, not arguing. I think you were just starting to go off to the races on the other thing. Uh, so then now we have three slots left, right? Of like what's actually going to make it through there and do it. I mean, I think Mortal Kombat 1 has a better chance than Street Fighter. Yeah, I don't think it'll make it either. Although, I, see, this is interesting. I think that Mortal Kombat is going to have more people here playing than have ever played one before. Okay. And I can see it speaking loudly to Andy and Mike. Okay. Bless is going to have Street Fighter very high on his list, though. I imagine. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it wasn't number two on his list. Okay. Wow, really? Wow. I, I mean, I'm talking out of my ass here, but sure. like... He's not here to defend himself. I, I think right now there's a... a uh, a race for that number two spot that I think is going to split all of our shit that it might be like a 10-way tie. I'm bringing down and leaving it at two now. I think Alan Wake 2 is going to be on this list. I mean, I think... So now there's pretty... two slots available. Yeah. And so then it's like, okay, cool. Like, it's such a competitive year. It's a competitive year. But... How high are you going with high fry rush? And that's... Think? Here's the thing. I think <laughs> that when you look at how kind of funny does its game of the year, Yeah. there is the sheer fact of numbers make the world go round they do the amount of people that actually played the amount of times it makes a list significantly boosts its chance of being and it's you for sure barrett for sure yeah i will say hi-fi rush is dramatically falling down my list as the year goes on because it's such a great year uh it's such a great year i fucking love hi-fi rush but there was a point that it was a game of the year but i feel like even then i knew that's it's not going to maintain that because like like hi-fi rush to me is is like a, a cult classic i think that it's gonna be the type of thing that when we get a sequel we're gonna pop the fuck off for it's gonna be so good but like i think at the end of the day hi-fi rush to me is not a game of the year um like i don't think it's gonna be in the game awards um, no like, i don't think it'll be in their top there seven or six or whatever six, it is yeah so I, I don't know where it's gonna end up in mind but like i'm hoping for top five but okay. i do think that's getting difficult because you didn't even talk about resident evil 4 or armor core um, oh, Armored Core 6, yeah. Resident Evil 4, I think, is interesting, where I think it's it's uh, not going to really uh, push move the needle for kind of funny. I don't think it'll end up on our list either, yeah. Yeah, no. and I think it's just because uh, I do think you're going to have time to go back and, and play it. My hope would be that like maybe when we get closer to Halloween and it's spooky, yeah, but then well, how am I still playing Starfield? When do we get Spider-Man code? Uh, there, yeah. When's Alan Wake coming through? Alan Wake will feel the, the, the spooky thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm always just more drawn to a new thing than an old thing. And I know that it's a remake, so it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, I still haven't beat RE4 a remake, but I'm definitely going to go back and, and finish it by the end of the year. It's, it's impeccable. It's just, it's a remake. And it's a remake of an already good game. So it's like yeah. the points that I give RE2 for being so special um and again that's gonna piss some people off but i'm saying like i love re2 the original an idea i love re2 remake and execution resident evil 4 come the fuck on dude it's resident evil 4 sure it was great in execution sure. the, an idea the first time um and it's even better now um metroid prime remastered i think is a weird one where i don't know how much god people... that was this year dude oh yeah oh yeah um so that throws some things off too but Mike's an extra wild card as well. Yeah, because he's going to put Rocket City on there. Exactly. So it's going to throw some things off. I don't think that makes in the top no, 10. No, but no, 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 no. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like there's just too many games that I don't know that there's going to be a surprise in the top 10. 
I think there's going to be more surprises things didn't make the top 10. Okay. This year. Okay. What a year. What a damn year, man. Because, yeah, like, hold on. Let's think about this for some of the bigger titles, right? Like Starfield. Yeah. A lot of people are going to play it, but not everybody. Is Janet going to play Starfield? She is, yeah. She's yeah. not, like, waiting with bated breath. She's not a Bethesda fangirl, but she's going to play. Okay. Then looking at, uh, I mean, Alan Wake 2, I think, has a chance to kind of, like, get into a lot of people's hands and minds. Yeah. So that could, that could get in there. Man. This is going to be crazy. Dynamite year. And this again, is, we're, we're looking past an indie that might come in and steal somebody's heart and mind. Or oh, speaking of indies, it's not indie, but that kind of conversation lies a P. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, I think that that's not... I, that could be, if it delivers, could be very high on Mike, Andy, and Bless's list. Sure. Woo! Do you find her seems like it's got a lot of support across the board, too, even though that's going to be a different thing and, like, whatever. But that could be a a lot of people's 10, even though I guess they want to get it on the board, probably. But Cameron Kennedy says was Dead Space this year. It was, man. And I we're we're living in a year that I don't think Dead Space remake is going to make our top 10. That's fucking insane because that remake was incredible. Maybe the Callisto Protocol DLC that just dropped. Potentially. Potentially. Not to mention Cyberpunk DLC. Um... The second part wasn't a joke. Maybe that's going to be great. Who knows? Plucky Squire says Jordan Deeb. That is a game that a lot of eyes on. Could be amazing. Which one? The Plucky Squire. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm trying to end with some really good ones here. With the heat? Um, as they say. We care a lot. Let's go with the Liam Cut Kelvins saying, with the Switch still enjoying record sales this month in Japan, is it time Xbox and PlayStation focus on developing a true handheld instead of the expected mid-cycle Pro models? P.S. No, we don't count Project Q. We want that full fat Vita successor at last. Uh, what's hilarious is about this is that I think, who is this again? Michael? Uh, Liam. Liam, Michael. Liam, Michael, I think what you miss is the fact that the Switch isn't a true handheld. The Switch is a console on the go. That's the, the nobody, with all due respect, God rested soul, wants a Vita successor. I want the PlayStation 5 in the palm of my hands. I want to go to SummerSlam in a couple weeks and I want to, for five hours, play everything on my PlayStation on my handheld PlayStation 5, which will eat the shit out of the battery and do all this different stuff and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. The Steam Deck's doing it. And there's a lot of concessions that are getting made and yada, yada, yada. But the fact that the Steam Deck can do it for the most part. That in the the fact you've seen the success with the Switch, like we're in this weird spot where I feel PlayStation with Project Q and Remote Play, and then granted they're streaming there too, but PlayStation with Remote Play and Project Q and Xbox with Remote Play and more from them more importantly Cloud, you're in this weird spot where it's it could be a transition period where it could be the dedicated the need for a dedicated handheld is dead. Like you can just take these things on the gl- the go via the cloud, via remote play, via the internet and we don't have to worry about it. So does it make sense to invest? The problem is even if we're in that transition, we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. I would I think everybody would be universally be more excited if Project Q was a mini PlayStation 5 with whatever concessions it is that before you leave you have to beam one game to it. I know you're not beaming it, but I don't, I don't understand how it would be. But if it was, that it's not the full PlayStation 5 experience, but you can locally play a PlayStation 5 game somehow on it and take it that way. Way more exciting than the remote played uh, reality of the Project Q, even though I'm excited for that. Um, 
I sorry. Let, let me ask you a question please. about this. You're probably going to be given a Project Q from PlayStation. Correct. Would you buy a Project Q? I would want to see the price. Yeah, I'd want to see the price, and it's I would three hundred dollars. No, two hundred dollars. No, not a chance. One ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. That's it. I would wait for reviews on that. I would wait. I would wait for reviews. It wouldn't be a no brainer. It wouldn't be so, a pre order. It wouldn't be a thing. What? Couple questions here. Sure. Two hundred. You're thinking three hundred's a no. Is there something that the three hundred? You'd be like, fuck it, I'll do it. And also two hundred dollars. You're waiting for reviews. What are you waiting to hear? I want to know about latency. I want to know about screen quality. I want to know about battery life. I want to know um, that pe- what kind of conditions people are using it, what their up-down is, what the, you know, all those things. You know what I mean? Are you using it on a mesh network? Is it strictly off of this? Like, it's all of that that really gets me going. Like, okay, but like, what's going on? How does it compare to a Steam Deck, right? My Steam Deck remote plays better than my iPhone does. I am tech stupid. I don't know why that's the case, but so compare it to a Steam Deck. What's it like? What are you seeing? You know what I mean? That's my my hook on it or whatever. So with the Steam Deck uh, side of things, like you have more experience with remote play than anyone else I know. So with uh, with the, <laughs> the iPhone backbone that you're a big Love supporter of, yeah. um, and very quality product, that, that compared to now Steam Deck, are you ever using your backbone iphone setup anymore or when you remote play are you exclusively using your steam to thing and how often are you actually doing remote play these days uh remote play what i've been saying and i stick with is between three and four times a week uh usually it'll be that you know this week i haven't because i've been no oh well jen played diablo with me last night there's been a couple other nights i forget why what's been happening but i've either been watching something with oh we've been watching the bear so that's why it is what it's been in the past, so, I come out and Jen's binging Grey's Anatomy still. And so I sit down next to her and I play that way. And then it becomes what is around me. My backbone lives underneath the TV just in a pile, right? Sitting up there. So it's right there. Steam Deck is usually downstairs charging, mm. oftentimes dead because the battery is so bad. And so then it just becomes a convenience factor. And even though the Steam Deck is better, I find myself still drawn to the backbone more. I appreciate the backbone as a controller more than I appreciate the Steam Deck as a controller. Uh, I have found switching off as much as I have that I don't enjoy the sticks on the Steam Deck for playing games. You know what I mean? And I say playing games in a weird way because I'm usually remote playing on it. I'm really not playing much natively on the Steam Deck. And so in that thing, I'm like, oh, I like the form factor more of the backbone where it feels like a Vita. It feels like a handheld, whereas the Steam Deck does feel like a big old block in my hand, Game Gear style, right? And I don't like the sticks on and stuff. So I will sacrifice quality for convenience because it's not that the backbone... And again, this isn't even that... This isn't a commentary on the quality of the backbone. It's a commentary on my iPhone and how it's remote playing, right? Of just like... It's not that I'm losing connection. It's just that a frame will stutter and it'll do that like weird moray thing with like where it blocks up for a second. You know what I mean? I just hit pause and then it comes back and I'm fine and I keep going. Yeah. Whereas Steam Deck, I haven't had that fact, but I feel like the Steam Deck isn't as screened, isn't as bright and all that shit, right? Because you know, the Steam Deck is a worse screen than the iPhone, I would assume. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Back to you being the expert on the <laughs> tech that as well. the guy. But again, I think that that's an interesting thing of like just talking about where all this tech's at. And like looking at this Project Q, I'm extremely excited about it. Like I, the, the price, I would not buy it for $300. Like that's just insane. Like I'm most bummed that it's not an OLED and- screen. If it was OLED, if I... I'd consider it. And I know it'd be a bad choice, but I'd still consider it because... Like you said, the amount of times Gia's watching something that I'm watching, but I don't need to really pay attention to. But like, I could be playing games. Like, 
that's why the switch is so important to me. Like yeah. I, I love that the switch is the answer to everything you're saying of like, it is just the experience on the go, whether the go is even still in the same room that my dock is, but the way that it all just works, like I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. And the fact that the OLED switch looks so goddamn good. Um, I'm just really thrilled with all of that. But the amount of times recently, like with where I'm at in Final Fantasy 16, I mean, I've been talking about trying to platinum it and probably giving up on that because I don't want to, to do new game plus. This Project Q might actually give me like a new chance to be like, hey, fuck it. Like we're watching Real Housewives of a city I don't care about. I care about some of them. Girl. I hear you. Um, I'm going to fucking do this thing right here. And yeah. I, I, the Project Q, besides not being an OLED, is kind of the Tim Getty stupid ass dream of what this is, which is just fucking give me half a control on both sides. Let That's the thing, right? Let, make, let yeah, go. yeah. I like the dual sense to so just make it feel like the dual sense. Whatever. That's it. I want to know how big the screen is, and I know we know the dimensions, but I mean, I want to hold it, yep. and see it, right? Because feel is the, the weight of it, man. Exactly. That, that's a big problem I have. You talk about the convenience. Like I've been going on my my uh, en- endless pilgrimage to figure out the the ideal switch controllers. We still haven't found everybody. I don't think they exist. Um, but the problem w- with that is, as much as I want just full controllers, like half a controller on each side of a screen, that's cumbersome. And that starts to get to that Game Gear thing you're talking about. That's why the, st- the Steam Deck does not feel as good as just holding a pro controller or like yeah. a, a real controller, whatever you want to call it. And you figure to jump back to the convenience stuff and stuff, if Project Q is stuff and stuff, if Project Q's nailing it right, it makes so much more sense for how I have everything set up of like, cool, you just live upstairs in the bookcase with the USB charger it. right there. Boom. That's I, the I, use case for that thing. Is it that. never has to go downstairs, whereas where I will take my Steam Deck down there occasionally, and that's where I charge it. And it, it you know, I've only ever done it on a big screen once. I have this tier thing with the cables. Right now, I still have it all torn up where it's like, there's a fucking mouse and keyboard down there in front of all the other consoles and sound bars because I needed to go in and hack it to get remote play working or, or no, to get a Blizzard's client working so I could play Diablo on it and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, like for me at, at one ninety nine ninety nine, if I was outside and I wasn't getting a review unit, which I'm still hopeful for, and I put in PS I love you today and I meant to tell Roger to break it out so I can tweet at PlayStation the, why don't I give me the first hands on. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I care dude. more about anybody else than this thing. Um, I would at one end I'd talk myself into it, I imagine. One forty nine ninety nine foregone conclusion, let's go. Fifty bucks more than the backbone, but I'm getting a nice screen built in and it's all it's dedicated use and yada yada yada. I that I can sell myself on no problem. So then to add on fifty bucks, I'd probably be like, Well, just fifty bucks more. Yeah, you know, I got this rebate from Amazon or this chase ultimate reward points or some yeah. bullshit to call in there and be like, you know, no big deal, I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, it's for what we're being told, this thing should be hundred fifty dollars. Okay. And it's not gonna be, but like, goddamn. Like anything more than that, it's like ugh, it's be a real tough sell. But I'm excited for it. Uh, Cameron Kennedy to close out the show here, saying, "So why not just buy a backbone or another controller?" And it's like, I there's to your point, it's like using a phone for remote play is so close to being perfect. But like that's so close, I think is uh, a, a wide enough gap that I'm looking for a dedicated remote play thing that, like, that being the focus of it, it works way better. So I want to come in before, because Cameron Kennedy's before, he has a couple things. I wouldn't even for 100 bucks. I'll get I'll get it used. Oh, it'll get use, used less than a regular controller. It's less portable than a backbone. So why not just buy a backbone or another controller, really? My answer to the longer part of the question, right, is the fact that what I found with my backbone is that my backbone is not me in a hotel room playing a game. My backbone is me in my house sitting there playing a game. And again, yes, it's cool. The, the, I love remote play, period. 
I love it being on my phone. I love it having built in there, right? It still is that thing of being in the middle of a game and getting a text and then leaving the thing, coming in. Okay, answer the text, come back in. I got to restart remote play, bop back in. Well, why not use the iPad and then the controller connected to it? Well, then I've got an iPad in my lap and a control, and I'm, I'm buried in devices and doing all the, you know what I mean? Like with what we're talking about with Project Q or in, in remote play, right, is the idea that sitting next to Jen playing Grey's Anatomy, I, or she's, I come out of putting Ben down, she's watching Grey's, I pick it up off the shelf where it's been charging, I sit down and play, I get a text, I slide under the couch, I put it aside, do my thing, turn it off, put it under the couch. Like, it's just convenience in that thing. If I, I, I don't expect my Project Q to come with me to SummerSlam or WrestleMania or whatever in the yeah. future. I don't you know, on these big trips, right? That's always the classic I'm going to play so many games on this thing, and you never do. There was the one time where we went to Austin, not for the gauntlet, but when Lizzo's album dropped, we went there and did something together, I remember, and we ate at that pizza place, remember, like, oh yeah, three times, three nights and nights? Yeah. I remember I packed my PS4 and played a lot Florida. of games. That was Florida. Oh, Florida, you're right, full sale. Yeah. I packed, I played a lot of Division down there, right? And that was the rare time where it actually benefited. I'm, I'm glad I brought this system. You can look back at me bringing a PS4 for Witcher 3, uh, you know, uh, 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 no, not Destiny, whatever. A bunch of different things where I don't ever, I, there's no reason to bring this. I didn't put any of that time in there. And so it would be the same thing with a Project Q. Project Q is going to be for my house being in the living room versus the den or being in the den and not having use of the big TV, which only become more prevalent as Ben gets older, right? Like, mm -hmm. There's a bunch of things like that where it's going to go, and that's why it's there for me. And it is the idea that, I like the form factor of the backbone, but not necessarily the screen and not sharing it, right? So having a bigger thing, having a dedicator thing, for, for me, it's better. Yeah. I, what, like, Cam's talking about iPads. Yeah, I guess you, for me, it's my iPad, and this is Cameron, uh, not my phone when I'm home. But at home, use makes more sense for, than portability. Isn't it? Yeah, and so that's why I'm like, I'm weirdly interested in this Project Q, just for my very specific use case. It's kind of like what you're talking about. So we'll see how it goes. But have you tried, because you have a, a fancy iPad, right? Oh, I don't even remember. I had the big one, and but I forget like, which number it is. A couple years ago, yeah, so it's like, been a while. Yeah, I, no, it's been a while because there is like the the like top of the line iPad that's out nowadays that I I think is the iPad Pro um, that has all the fan the M2 chip and all that fancy stuff with the so the XDR like all all the really 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 nice shit. I'd be very interested in how that handles remote play. Because I mean, to shut just to turn it around and talk again, be an an, an evangelist for remote play and my experiences with it iPad I have that's old playing on PS4 remote play from the hotel room to play Concrete Genie I was shocked yeah playing there with I had a dual shock I was playing it there and I was like I can't believe how well this is running okay let alone what it'd be like now uh, and also my dog Nick 96 says didn't you bring the PS4 to PAX East for God of War I sure did that was another one too that was amazing yeah. but that was that was a very different thing as well where it was like I'm on the God of War review. I have to go to PAX East and host these two panels. So if I wasn't hosting the panels, I was in my hotel room drinking coffee and playing that game, yeah. which was amazing. And it was the closest I ever came to him breaking an embargo, it, where I walked into PAX East and the kid was like, Greg Miller, I'm like, hey, man. He's like, how's God of War? And I was like, God. oh, <laughs> I, I did the inhale where I was about to tell him. That's so funny, man. If anyone has any experience with the, like, the, the fancy iPad nowadays uh, doing uh, remote play on PS5, let me know, because that's very, very potentially tempting to me. Um, and the last story I want to end with is uh, someone we knew once, the most insane uh, game traveling story, when uh, Wind Waker HD came out on I the Wii U. This. I remember this. Taking the Wii U on a plane. This is pre-Switch, everybody. Plugging it into the outlet on the plane, playing on the Wii U tablet. 
I didn't warn Ahead of their time? Ahead of their time, warn. man. Uh, but let us know in the comments God below what switch. you'd be willing to do to play games in inopportune places. So just we started a new conversation, mm-hmm. got sidetracked, which I appreciate and I love. But my one thing is like, you don't think, right? PlayStation, and I, I'm not going to include Xbox, not because I'm a PlayStation guy, just because I think it's not in their strategy. Mm-hmm. You don't think PlayStation's crazy enough to do a PS5 portable, right? A PS5 portable? Yeah, to do like a Nomad situation where they actually are like, all right, kind of fine. We fucking saw it, and you like Steam Deck, so here's a giant fucking handheld that's PS5. Oh, I, I, I think it's likely. Oh, fuck yeah, let's yeah. go. I, I mean, really. I mean, like, and I think that Xbox is doing it as well. It's just partnering with other hardware developers like um, the Raj Ally, right? Isn't Raj. that still cloud stuff? In, in Yo, Game Pass oh, 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 yeah, yeah. But I, okay, sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I do think that that's the future. I don't think we're going to get something that's yeah. way, more, way more dedicated. No, no, no. That time. I'm going to break out this video and hit up PlayStation. Yeah, hit him up, everybody. Uh, but hit us up as well in those comments. Please compliment Andy Cortez. He's just such a nice guy. He's just he doing is. such good things. He's just sitting over there. What you, what you munching on? He's eating, He's eating some, some chicken, chicken everybody. Uh, let us know your favorite type of chicken. Uh, just let us know anything, okay? I'm just looking for the engagement, that sweet, sweet engagement. Get them, guys. It helps out. Will you just leave a comment? You can just say Andy Chicken Chicken. That's all I have to say. Comment for the Andy algorithm, everybody. Fork, but he's he eating the, the chicken fork. with the his fork hands. Has been. <laughs> 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 Anyways, I love you all. Goodbye. Hey, ladies, does your man want to get?